Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to BTR Boxing Podcast Network. I am your host, Sean, along with co-host Johnston. For this big fight preview, it is the day of reckoning, the day that rival promotional companies and rival promoters put their differences aside to take that Saudi money to put on a big card in Riyadh. This is something that we've been looking forward to as boxing fans, and we're looking forward to talking about some of the competitive fights that are on this particular show some people don't feel that way and that's another conversation that we are going to have throughout the course of the episode but before we talk about how other people feel about it let's just introduce how we feel about this show Johnston I I feel quite happy that we're getting to see what I consider personally to be a really good show I complain a lot you complain a lot about some of the shows and how they can be undermatched or sometimes overmatched and we're not happy with the depths of them but I don't see how people can really complain about the fact that we're getting a a high-level quality show. The biggest gripe I think people have with this is we're not seeing Joshua Wilder, which is what was spoken about quite heavily prior to this announcement being made, and that's the understandable part of people's gripes with it. But as a show, we've got Joshua Wallin, Wilder Parker, Bivol versus Lyndon Arthur, Dubai versus Jarrell Miller, Jair Pattaya versus Ali Soro, uh, Makhmadov versus Ajit Kayabal. We've got Frank Sanchez and Junior Farr and Philippe Hergovic and, and Mark DeMori. You know, we've got quite a few heavyweights on this card and we've got quite a few stars on this card. So what's the big problem? Why do you think people are, are not sort of buying into it the way that a lot of us are? I can see people's frustration. Joshua uh, Wilder's the fight we wanted to see. I, I get it, but um, I suppose 
you could probably see this as if you if you just put that to the side for a minute and just see this as like a semi-final or a quarter-final considering where they want to end up in their careers. I'd say a quarter-final because the fact is you've got, you got Joshua Wallen, you've got Wilder Parker uh, and you got, and then the winner of those will fight each other. Uh, hopefully people will assume it's going to be Joshua Wilder. We're going to that. The winner of that then gets a title shot. So essentially this is like a quarter-final. That's how you got to see it. That's how I'm sort of looking at it now. That okay, we ain't got the fight we wanted to see, but what? Where's the positive in this? And I tell you what the positive is. The positive is you got a lot of heavyweights sharing a card, some decent fights, uh, some potential banana skins, and then from there you've got predominantly a lot of contenders on this card as well. And then you got the big one. We know the big one's happening next year. Usyk Fury. That's the one we, the other one we want to see. Winner of that fights the winner of the next fight to this. So there is. One thing we will say is we always say after we've watched the heavyweight fight, it's ideally we want to see this guy fight this guy, this guy fight that guy, and eventually they should be fighting the champ. The winner should be fighting each other for a title. And effectively, that's what they're producing. It's early stages of that, and there's still more to come. There's dates in the horizon. Nothing's absolutely concrete because we don't know who's going to win every fight. But you've got to look at it as a positive. You've got a lot of contenders on here, and eventually we're going to see two guys that we've always wanted to see finally fight and uh, no matter what even if one of them is, is hitting the age of 40 unfortunately it's just the way boxing's gone at a minute and he's taking the Saudi money to eventually get these guys in the ring he has and I understand why people are frustrated about the fact we're not seeing Joshua Wilder and we're seeing like you say a quarterfinal slash semi-final you know with an eventual route to uh, an even bigger fight down the line but as an overall card I'm quite happy and quite satisfied, not just by the camera, really? but, but also, Johnson, I'm satisfied that the promotional rivals have come together and actually put this card on. And how many times and for how many years have we been sat there saying, why don't they just work together? You know, there's money to be made for everybody. We know how greedy they can be. Just put it together and get this on the table and get it done. And it's it's took... The Saudi money, it's took the uh, Turk Al Sheikh to come along and say, do you know what, I'll chuck all this money at you guys. And it's probably a stupid amount of money as well that's been chucked at the promotional companies and those that are involved with this. And that's why they've done it. Ultimately, there's a lot of money at play. I know they say in, in interviews, both Eddie and Frank Warren are saying, oh, well, we're doing what's best for boxing. Well, if you were doing what's best for boxing, you probably would have done it a long time ago and you didn't. What you're doing is you're taking the Saudi money that's coming on the table and you just go in, do you know what, even though I can't stand you, I'm going to work with you because I know that ultimately we're going to make a shitload of money out of this together. It's like Don King and Bob Arum in, in the history books. They hated each other, but eventually there were times where they had to work together. And this is another one of those times. I think for me, the card is, is a stacked card. It's got some interesting fights on it. Okay, we're not seeing Joshua Wilder, but I think Joshua Wallin, talking about that fight first still provides the potential to to change the the landscape of the division because what if Otto Walling comes in and beats Anthony Joshua there's a chance that that happens there's a realistic chance that Walling comes in here and rips up the script for that fight with Wilder because I think Walling's a good fighter I think he's he's underrated as a heavyweight and and people might say oh he's shit and he's this and he's that he give Tyson Fury hell in their fight he give him hell in any other fight that would have been stopped on cuts, and it wasn't because it was Tyson Fury. Say what you will about that decision, but Otto Walling giving problems in that fight. Is he going to give problems for Joshua? 
people don't think so. I think he will. I think he'll he'll cause problems for Joshua. And it really will be about what Joshua does in the fight and how he adapts to Wallen's style as to whether he can make this fight a straightforward fight for himself or whether it, it, it's a difficult fight. So Joshua Wallin, the first fight that we want to talk about. What do you think about this fight, given it's not Wilder, of course, but also what do you think are the chances of Wallin going into this fight? Uh, just before I go into that, just to say you are absolutely right with the promoters. They're, they're, they're saying all of a sudden they're, they're putting this fight together. Look at us, how great are we? No, you've all waited for the Saudi money and that includes the fighters as well here. Promoters and fighters have all waited for this money and that's why it's happening. So there you go, money talks, guys. Going back to this in a way, Anthony Joshua, hi, Rollin. Look, Southpaw, uh, we, we already know with Joshua struggles with, struggled with Usyk um, and, and Rollin, Although he's no Usyk, he poses a threat. He's going to pose a problem for Joshua. A puzzle that he was unable to fix when he fought Alexander Usyk. Uh, again, you know, Usyk is a different kettle of fish. He's he's a very, very tricky southpaw. You know, Wallin has proven against Tyson Fury that he is an, a very adaptable fighter. Tricky to hit and can be awkward. Joshua has got to have learned from those Usyk fights, which I believe he will have. Now, what the one concern I have with Joshua is that since probably Kalitsko, he's lost that killer instinct. He's lost that about him where he wants to... He, he sort of didn't he didn't feel it was coming back as much. He was always interested in what was coming forward. You know, his best defence was attack. And I feel that Anthony Joshua was the better fighter when he was attacking. And now he's a lot more defensive sort of since, the, obviously, the Ruiz defeat. But even since the, per, the Parker fight for me, very defensive look to work behind a jab and that's not really what Joshua's about so I mean I think he's adjusted his style and I don't think it suited him so I can see a banana skin here I can I can see Otto Wollin posing huge problems for Joshua Joshua's got to get that jab off and he's got to hurt him and mark him quickly he can't allow Otto Wollin to start getting growing confidence in this fight and um, and potentially put something on him because he's just going to cause Joshua all sorts of problems. And I suppose this is the problem again, is that the reason why is because you've put someone like a violin in a ring with Joshua, and now people do worry, well, what is the point of this? Because he's going to get beat, and <laughs> Joshua for a wild fight doesn't get doesn't happen. And that's, that is a a huge threat. It is. It's, it's, I don't really see the point in our violin for Joshua. What does that, what is he going to do to help him beat Wilder I don't think that there's no there's nothing in Volin that you see in Wilder it just doesn't really make any sense to me this fight just that he's a top contender um so yeah I, I don't know I mean Sean I, I can see I feel that Joshua will, will will win this fight but I do feel that there's issues here and uh, it could be quite controversial this one I'm looking forward to it actually I, I I'm not writing Joshua off I'm not being one of those that are going to say because of his recent form that is he's falling apart as a fighter people are challenging no. his you know people are challenging his mentality i seen a video today of the of them actually not Wallin and joshua that's joshua and jerrell miller still going at it again they've met each other yesterday um and they're going at it and i've also seen one of jerrell miller and debris who's also fighting which we'll discuss and you know i've seen them going at it in in different exchanges on social media and i just think to myself like why why is Joshua being involved with Jarrell Miller? I mean, if Jarrell Miller's obviously confronted him, which 
I'm assuming is the context behind the video I've watched is Jarrell Miller's mouthing off. Joshua stood there and stood his ground with him and mouthed off back at him. And, you know, that's not the sort of shit you want to be doing on fight week when you're fighting a guy who's a potential banana skin for you. He's not a mug. Waste of energy, isn't it? It is a waste of energy. He's not a mug, Wallin. That's the thing. He's no mug. He's going into this fight with that one defeat against Tyson Fury on his record. And for me, he causes a lot of problems for Joshua. And it's all about how Joshua reacts to those problems and how he deals with those problems in the fight or whether he can control it and win the fight. As a fan, I'd want to see Joshua win, naturally, because he's a British fighter. He's done so much for British boxing over the past 10 years. And I want to see him finally fight Wilder as a fan. But speaking objectively about it, yeah, I think there's a good chance he could lose this fight. I don't want to write the guy off, but I think given his recent form, yes, he's he's won his last couple of fights, but he's just not looked the same fighter to me. He's not. And taking that into consideration, I'm thinking there's a chance that Wallin upsets him here. It wouldn't surprise me if he does. And, and that's what makes it... And I understand what you're saying. Why did he need to take this fight? Why is this fight happening? I get it. I don't know the logistics of why this is the fight that's happening and not the Wilder fight. But for me, it's it's a problem. It's a problem fight. If we're talking about Joshua Wilder, then we'd be having a different conversation about how this fight plays out. I think Wallin can cause problems for him. I'm not thinking along the lines of Wallin stops Anthony Joshua, but if I think if he beats him, he could beat him on points. He could out-hustle him. He could out-box him. He could beat him to the punch. And he could, in some ways, do what Usyk did against Joshua. And if he does that, he rips up the script. But on the other side of the coin, Johnston, Joshua could take his time, be patient, look for the openings, and if he lands good clean shots on him, he hurts him. He's going to hurt him. And that's when we'll see whether that finishing instinct is still there within Joshua. We have seen it. We have seen it in his last fight against Robert Hellanius. It took him a while, but he eventually got there. But if he could do that against Otto Wallin, then on paper, that puts him in good stead for the Wilder fight. I, I do think Joshua wins. That's that's my prediction for this fight. I do think Joshua does win the fight. I don't know if he stops him because we haven't seen that vulnerability yet in Wallin. So I don't know whether he does stop him, but I'm not saying he can't because I think he can. But I do think it's going to be a tough fight. Uh, I've got a feeling this one might go the distance. and Joshua does pick up the win and it'll all then depend on what Wilder and Parker do, which is what we're going to talk about next in a moment. But just a final word on this particular fight then from yourself, Johnston. Yeah, I think Otto Volume would have been the perfect preparation going into an Usyk fight. I mean, honestly, I feel that that would have been a bit more logical. I don't quite understand if the Wilder fights in the future, why this fight is happening. I, I think he'd have been better off facing Daniel Dubois, I think, because Daniel's a big puncher and uh, very limited other than the fact he's got a strong right hand. So I think that would have been better preparation, my personal level. But yes, I do. You know, the fact is Otto Volin hasn't faced as much of a bigger puncher as Anthony Joshua. And I know people will say he fought Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury has only really started to sit down on his shots. And I do feel that is because of the, the fact is he had to adapt his style. So because he's not as quite as light as, on his feet as he used to be and as elusive, he can't be anymore. I think his legs have gone. So um, for the volume, you know, when you look at that, he wasn't, Tyson wasn't, the same fighter he is today, uh, the fight that took on Wilder, in my opinion. So I still don't feel that Volin has faced as big a puncher as someone as Anthony Joshua. And I do feel that Joshua could turn a fight in his favour. Do you know what? I I'm going to say that Joshua hurts him and I think he does get rid of him. I think he will. I've got, 
although I'm saying, I think if it goes a distance, I'll favour Volin, really. I think we could be in for some controversy if it goes 12 rounds. I think Joshua's going to need to find a blow, and I think he finds it and stops him. So we're going to move on to Deontay Wilder, Joseph Parker then. Uh, an interesting fight, nevertheless, between these two. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Deontay Wilder stops Joseph Parker. I think Joseph Parker, I know people might say he's a little bit battle-hardened and shot-worn at this point of his career. And, you know, he got stopped by Joe Joyce. He's shown some some great tenacity in that fight. He's lost to Dillian White. He's lost to Anthony Joshua throughout his career. Whenever, really, he's had them big fights in his career, he's he's he's, he's lost them, essentially. And I think that's kind of what you see with him. Yes, he's a former world champion, of course, and we can't take that away from him. He won that title, ironically, against Andy Ruiz in 2016. But since that point, since he, since he defends it against... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Joshua and, and loses to Joshua. He then loses to Dillian White. He comes back. He has, what, four or five fights on the run and gets good victories uh, over the likes of Junior Farr and Derek Chisora. Goes into that Joe Joyce fight last year uh, and gets stopped quite heavily in that fight and has since come back and beat Jack Massey and Faiga Opalu uh, with a TKO in the first round. And then he's then gone on to beat Simon Keane earlier this year as well. So people think that sort of Parker, you know, he's, he's, he's resurging his career a little bit. And I can understand why people do feel that way uh, about him going into this fight and that he could cause Deontay Wilder problems. I think if he lands on Wilder, I think he definitely causes him problems because, let's be honest, we haven't really seen the effects on Deontay Wilder of the the devastating losses to Tyson Fury. And let's be honest, they were devastating losses. They were tough fights with Tyson Fury. That trilogy that they had, they were tough fights. And I don't think we've seen whether there is really any mental battle scars from that fight because when he comes back and he gets in the ring again, he fights Robert Hellenius, and yeah, he stops him in one round, he stops him near the end of the first round, and that's it, so we never really got to see anything from that, he hasn't fought since then, so he's been inactive, practically for, for nearly two years, so to me, 
you know, that's that's something quite significant when it comes down to this fight with Joseph Parker. There's more activity within Parker. He's come back from, from a devastating loss and he's shown that he's still got something left to offer. But where is Wilder at this stage? There's a lot of talk about the Joshua fight, but I just don't truly think we know where he's at because we haven't seen anybody test him since that last Tyson Fury loss. If Joseph Parker lands something on him, could we end up seeing here another moment where the script gets ripped up again because Deontay Wilder's mental fortitude, whatever you want to call it, his legs, his chin, whatever, it's, it's not there because of how them fights went with Tyson Fury. We've seen this before with other fighters. They've been in absolute wars with certain fighters and they were never the same after that. We don't know whether Wilder's like that because we haven't seen enough of him since the losses to Tyson Fury. And you're right, um, what, 26 months, I believe it's been, he's fought one round. Um, you know, the last person, you know, I, I, in my head I'm thinking here is, uh, remember when Sonny Liston took on Cassius Clay after destroying Patterson a couple of times and I think he had fought a couple of rounds in, in about that space of time. Um, that isn't good for any fighter to be fighting one round, you know, what, 30, well, I don't even know how long it was in that fight with her ladies. It was about 30 seconds when it was ridiculous. It just knocked him out as, as I thought he would do. And look, that isn't right. That's that's not going to be good. And as, as you've rightly pointed out, when someone lands something on Wilder, what's he got left? What has he got left from the Fury fight? We certainly didn't get any of those questions answered when he fought Robert Hellanius. So you look at it and for Joseph Parker, I think it's quite simple for him what he needs to be doing. And that is pretty much keeping on his toes and out of trouble for at least that first few rounds, those first few minutes, and try and be and as, as elusive as he can be in terms of do not allow Wilder to hit you with anything spectacular uh, like he did against Hellanius. And, and Parker's definitely a, a little bit more ring savvy than Hellanius because I just feel that in, with the size difference and the fact that he's, you know, he's a bit shorter and, and that Wilder's punching down with Hellenius, same size. It was just, everything was teed up for that knockout win against Hellenius. It's a perfect comeback fight for Wilder, but he needed to be back out sooner, you know, to be coming out, what, another, over a year later to fight someone like Parker, who, don't get me wrong, when he steps up, yeah, he's lost. He got knocked out for the first time in his career against Joyce. And people are talking about wear and tear for Parker. He's 31. Wilder's 38, guys. I mean, he's almost 40 soon. And I know heavyweights last a bit longer. For me, what you know, take Wilder into the trenches. Take him into the second half of the, of the fight. If you have to lose fights by being negative after four or five rounds, so be it. Take him into the trenches and then go for broke. Because I think the punches lessen. The power's going to lessen because he gets more tired. It's inevitable. That's how... It goes. you just got to try and keep away from him for that distance if you can. And Wilder's going to be swinging. Uh, is another banana skin here. Parker could quite easily do that. Take him further into the fight when Wilder's tired and unload on him. You know, Wilder still has the power. You don't ever lose the power, no matter how old you are. So he's always got to have the power. It's just you're going to see them punches coming a little bit easier. So, I don't know, mate. I, I think Wilder does do the job. I think he's going to... It might be... He might have them issues where he's... Not like Louise kind of thing where he's probably just looking a bit shit and then all of a sudden lands something and then gets rid of Parker. He might even go down himself, but um, I think he grinds it out and gets for a win. I think we could end up seeing Wilder and Joshua coming through 
their fights with more questions raised than anything else. And it's probably the perfect time to, to face each other. But I think he just gets through with one of them shots that you don't see. And he gets the knockout, uh, even though he's losing the fight. I think that's quite possible. I'm looking forward to seeing how how he gets on. Because like I've said earlier, I'm just a bit unsure at the moment. Because he's not been as active as... What? Yeah. yeah, well, exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes down. So we'll swiftly move on to other heavyweight fights on the card. Another one I'm looking forward to is Daniel Dubois and Jarrell Miller. Of course, Jarrell Miller is undefeated, but of course he's tested positive twice in the past for performance-enhancing drugs. He's a drugs cheat, and it's as simple cheap, as that. Cheap, cheap. <laughs> he is, and he's back on the big card, and he's getting paid money, a lot of money. Shocking. For, 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 for being on this card against a guy who's being accused of a being a complete quitter in two fights now where he's had adversity against him. Arguably, from a lot of pundits' perspectives and other fighters' perspectives, and you know, why is a quitter? He doesn't have the heart. I've I've seen many interviews with different fighters calling him a quitter, literally saying it outright. Now he's going in there against somebody who's an absolute loudmouth, completely contrasting personality to what Dubois is, and it it does kind of make you question whether Jarrell Miller, if he puts it on him early in the fight, because let's be honest, he's a big dude, and I can't see his stamina really holding up all the way through this fight uh, the same way it would at the start of the fight. I think if Jarrell Miller's going to win this fight, he's going to have to put it on Dubai early and, and put the pressure on him. And if there is that issue over his, his sort of heart and his, his, his durability, then then that'd be the perfect time for Miller to strike. For Dubai, I'll be honest with you, from a personal perspective, not being objective here, I want Dubai to knock this guy out. I can't stand Jarrell Miller. I can't stand the fact that he's being allowed to make this sort of money despite the fact he's twice tested positive for, for for not just any any particular drug but a certain one that's really notorious within the sport i i want dubai to knock him out i don't like the guy i don't like his attitude he, he doesn't i don't enjoy watching his fights he's just one of those fighters that i can honestly say i've got absolutely no like for whatsoever i'd love dubai to go out there and knock him out but I, again i'm a little bit like i don't think dubai is a quitter i don't think his determination isn't there but i have got similar questions as to, to to where he's at when the going gets tough and where his head goes when the going gets tough and I think if Jarrell puts it on him early and he puts him in a difficult spot either Dubois is going to come out there swinging and, and land a good punch and end the fight or he's going to go down like the Titanic and if he does that that's going to make it difficult for people to really look at Dubois again and go you're going to get back into world title contention if he loses another fight in in a similar fashion I think it, it, it puts a real massive dent in any more aspirations he might have at this level. Yeah, and I've got huge concerns. I don't see why this guy's even in the ring, this Miller fella. For me, the guy should be banned for life and never be back in the ring again. Honestly, I feel like you know, with, the con with the concoction of drugs, drugs that he took to try and cheat, and you know, we've spoke about it highly so many times about drug cheats and now, this guy is the, the king of them all. Uh, let's be honest. Um, he didn't hide anything. And I know I respected the fact that he actually came out in the end and was open and didn't try to deny anything. But for me, the guy shouldn't be even in the ring again. He's just there's too many flaws to the guy. And for him to be earning this money is a joke. And to be fighting someone like Daniel is a joke. I don't, you know, this guy shouldn't be there. Because, I mean, the fact of the matter is, he's... Um, 
he's just all wrong for Daniel. Uh, you know, I, I'm surprised that Daniel is even tipped to be quite favourite, the, the favourite here. I do. Um, because Miller, I know he hasn't fought anyone real, really significant. He hasn't really been banged as hard as, uh, you know, by some of the bigger names in the division. So I'm hoping, as like you, Sean, I am hoping to God that Daniel is able to absolutely pulverise this fellow in, in a few rounds and, and he, he can get rid of him. But I fear that he doesn't. And I fear he takes him into that mid the middle rounds. And and I, I think I think there's a knockout in this fight. And I think it's going to be for Miller. And I hate to say it because I'm with you. I want Daniel to absolutely spark him. But I think Miller's going to get him. I think Miller's going to knock him out. And, I, and he's going to stick around in his spot for much longer than I really planned for him to be. I thought he'd have pissed off by now, the cheating bastard. <laughs> well just say it like gripes it me though that's what pisses me off it gripes me because I think it, I don't see Daniel winning it Sean I don't I, I'm surprised that this is this ain't even an evens I mean if you're putting money seriously for me I'm putting money on you I'm, I'll stick it on Miller I suppose I hate that I don't want to put no money on them but I, I, I fear for Daniel mate I just think he's all wrong I think Miller I think Miller knocks him out and, and that's just going to piss me off because this guy don't belong in the spot it's so, it's so frustrating, but it's, and again, the Saudi money talks, isn't it? He'll be back on the card again, this one. Interesting. Let's see how it plays out. Really interested to see this one for many, many reasons. I'm not sure who wins it. I'll be honest with you. I'm a bit on the fence with this fight. You know, part of me obviously wants Daniel to win for the reasons I've set out, but then I like you. I'm thinking, you know, if he, if there is a problem with heart and you know, maybe he is a little bit like an Andrew Galotta, for example. Not as in like he gives low blows out, but in the sense that when the going gets tough, he finds a way of getting himself out there. And maybe he is that type of fighter. If if this happens again in this fight, I think it'll be, you know, good night Vienna for his world title aspirations. So I'm a bit on the fence with this one, guys. I can't really give a prediction. Uh, and I'm conscious of the other fights that are on the card that we want to also talk about. So I will swiftly move on to Dimitri Bivol and Lyndon Arthur in the light heavyweight division. A huge opportunity, of course, for Lyndon in a really, really tough fight. And this is the one where people think it's a complete mismatch on the card. Nobody believes Lyndon's got a chance against Dimitri Bivol. And I understand why Lyndon didn't look fantastic in his last fight. He struggled in that last fight against Suarez. And he was down. And you just think to yourself... You know, if he's not able to beat guys that are largely unknown fighters, despite them having good records, how is he going to get on with one of the pound-for-pound pound best in the world? It, it This, for me, is a difficult one because, obviously, I know London. I've met him. I've done interviews with him, photographs, all sorts of stuff. And I'd love the guy to cause an upset. But the objective side of me says that Dimitri Bivol wins this all day, all week, and twice on Sundays. And... He'll give Lyndon Arthur the opportunity to become a champion. Lyndon's probably going to make some good money, and I'm, I'm really happy that he does. But Dimitri Bivol's winning this, isn't he? Yeah, he's winning it, hands down. Um, he hasn't stopped anyone in a while, Bivol. I don't think he will stop Lyndon. I'm, I'm not sure, though. I don't know with Lyndon. I think there is such a class difference between them. Honest opinion. I know Lyndon had a great result against Andre Yard. Andre, um, Andre Yard <laughs> and the Yard and the Yard <laughs> lost myself there against Yard and um, yeah I, I, you know what since then I mean that's a great victory he's not going to pull that out of the bag Bivol as you say when you know they fight a hundred times he wins a hundred times and it's just a matter of if he stops him I think he might just drag it out for the distance because Bivol does that he, he, he seems to like going the distance so yeah I think Linda might survive but be one-sided every judge will give him every round pretty much 
So Jayapataya was supposed to be defending the IBF Cruiserweight Championship, but there's been loads of drama in the past few days with that. The IBF said, no, we are not sanctioning Ellis Sorrow, the opponent. We don't agree with him. Marius Bradis is the number one contender. He's the mandatory for it because Jayapataya had already made a voluntary defence against Jordan Thompson in September. However, Marius Bradis has actually come out and said, I'm happy to step aside and let him take that because I'm injured anyway. So what, what difference does it make to me? As long as I get my shot, that's what he's come out and essentially said. The IBF have still said, no, nope, we're going to take the belt off you. So Apataya has vacated the title uh, to basically take the money. And this was something we spoke about a couple of weeks ago. It was the right decision. I ultimately think he's been put in a corner and... He's chose to take the money, and supposedly there's there's different figures floating around from seven hundred thousand dollars to anything up to one point two million, which seems a bit far fetched. But still, anything over half a million is absolutely crazy money for a fight now where there's no title on the line uh, against a guy who is not really tested at the same level as Apatia. And given what we've seen of Apatia he looks like the best cruiserweight around at the moment. So you're expecting Apatia to, to blow through Ellie Sorrow on this card, and that's why people think it's a mismatch. I think the IBF have, have really made themselves look absolutely ridiculous in this whole saga, uh, but I don't blame Jay Apatia at all. I think he's made the right decision here. I agree with you. We said it before. You know, the guy is considered to be one of the best in his division already. Um, he's been offered a shitload of money to fight a guy he should be beating quite comfortably. And I think he will. Um, so, look, he can't not a guy. He'll be back and he will be back in contention with another organisation, 100%. And I expect him to blow out. Zorro, I do. I know he's certainly no, but I mean, look, come on. Uh, one of the best in the division against a guy we very don't really know. So, uh, Opatai should be getting a victory. Unfortunately, he's not defending his title. So, other fights on the card then that we haven't already talked about. Frank Sanchez, another heavyweight, 23-0 against Junior Farr, who's 20-2. and uh, A good test, I think, for Frank at this stage of his career while he sits on the outskirts of the heavyweight division and, and we've got all the big guys fighting and they're all tied up. And, you know, I'd, I'd like to see Frank Sanchez maybe in against, like, an Andy Ruiz or, you know, maybe pushing forward with uh, with Makhmedev, who's also on the card. I think that, that would be an interesting fight going forward. I expect him to beat Junior Farr. In, in this particular bout, and then I think if Makhmedev comes through his fight against Kabayel, I think that's going to be an interesting matchup for the future between the two of them. Obviously, Makhmedov is doing really well in his career. He's got 18 wins, 17 by way of stoppage. He's knocking everybody out, barring the one fight against Carlos Takam, who went the distance with him. He's, he's stopping everybody pretty quick throughout his career. You know, he's, he's not really going many rounds either as well, so it's quite interesting to see you know, whether this is a fight that's being lined up in the future between Makhmedov and Frank Sanchez. But I think it's more likely there's going to be difficulties for Makhmedov against Cabriel than there is for Sanchez against Junior Far. I think, obviously, with Cabriel, we, we remember him from fighting Derek Chisora all them years ago and uh, giving Derek Chisora a, a few problems, to say the least. Uh, but since then, he's come on and he's had some, some decent victories. But... I don't think he's really moved any further forward in his career as a fighter since he fought Derek Chisori. You know, when you fight Derek Chisori at that stage of your career, 2017, when Derek was a little bit better at that point, he wasn't where he is now, you'd think he would have moved on since then. He really hasn't. So he's going in against a guy who's knocking everybody out. I think he's got a difficult night 
But if he's going to do anything in his career, I think now would be the time to do it, to to beat the guy who's knocking everybody out and doing it pretty quickly as well. So they're the two other heavyweight fights on the card. And then we've also got Philippe Hergovic as well, who is the IBF's favourite son, uh, Philippe Hergovic against Mark Demori as well, is happening on the card. So just summarising those three fighters and Johnson, your thoughts on those fighters and fights happening on this card? Yeah, I think uh, Matmadov clearly on paper has the more difficult task. Uh, junior far shouldn't be that much of a problem for Frank Sanchez and Hergovic should be dealing with Demori. Um, but yeah, Cabial, German, as you say, stalled in his career a little bit, 23-0, and 0, but people still sort of hold that it's sort of that light for him, shine a torch for him, or hold a torch for him, I should say, if that's the right expression, where, you know, when, when Tyson Fury was looking for opponents, when Anthony Joshua was looking for opponents, Ajit Kaboyal was always the guy that was always coming up in the list, you know, as a genuine contender, but yet he's stalled. It's a huge night for him now against Makhmadov, but I would assume Makhmadov, with the power he possesses, should be able to come through. And it's quite interesting that, you know, you are automatically, you know, the winners of this of these fights, ideally, you can clearly see a route for them. So if Makhmadayev and, or Makhmadov, whatever you pronounce his name, and Sanchez and Hergovic and, say, or Daniel or Miller come through, you can almost see the winners of those. There will be a, a fight for them on the undercard of Joshua Wilder if if that fight comes through. So there's a lot of, a lot riding on these guys that are probably getting the huger chunk of the money. Um, but again, you know, it's nice to have them in fights where against fellow contenders that you're not too sure about. So you can almost write off the Fars and the Cabarros and the, the Mauries once these guys have dealt with them. And then all of a sudden you can start seeing a better picture for these contenders and the next guys coming through. But, you know, that being said, they're, they're still, you know, they're, they're in their sort of 30s, not even mid moving into their mid 30s as well, which is quite interesting. So, um, yeah, I think it's fascinating. It is a great, it's a good card. I was going to call it a great card. It's not a great card, it is, but it's one of the best cards I've seen. Probably the best card this year in terms of its depth with names. So I'm not going to knock it and I'm not going to be, I, I'm excited about it. I can't wait for it. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of fights there that will happily watch. So you can't argue with it. And the fact that the Saudi money is at to put all these bodies together all in one one night on the one roof, then so be it. Hopefully it will now lead. We can see the path now, guys. So end this year with the wins we really want to see and then move into the new year where we have a, an undisputed world heavyweight champion and then we have the guys that can then be contending them as well. Uh, we'll know they are. Uh, it's just who wins them, we'll have to find out. But finally, though, Sean, we're getting the opportunity to see it. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm happy about that. I know people have got mixed emotions on it and, and what they want to see on this card, but I think we need to accept what we're getting is is pretty decent. Uh, it's not a fantastic card. I'm not going to jump RBC, jump around and say this is the best, best card I've seen for a long, long time. It's a really, really solid card. It's solid. It's got some yeah. good matched fights on it. Not the fights exactly we want to see, but it's vying in the right direction to where we want to see it go. So hopefully it will be a good end to the year for the heavyweight division in terms of where things will sit and, and we kind of know where things are going at the first quarter of 2024. Supposedly, Wilder versus Joshua has been signed for March the 9th. That's what I've read on a few media outlets. So if that has, in principle, been signed, these two guys have got to make sure they come through these fights. 
because that is a, a big money fight. Uh, for me, that will be a big money fight back in Saudi and it will potentially bring another great undercard, another undercard which will provide really good quality fights on it. So there is a lot riding on it in the heavyweight division, aside from obviously the undisputed title fight. There's a lot riding on Joshua winning his fight and Wilder winning his. So I am looking forward to it with intrigue. They could be moments of absolute disaster for either of those guys on Saturday night. I'm looking forward and I'm going to tune in with intrigue. And guys, if you're not tuning into this card this weekend, then you you are missing out because there's some, some moments on here that I think are going to happen. And I'm looking forward to putting a recap together of it next week. Johnston, I know you're not around for the recap next week because it is, of course, coming up to Christmas, guys. So you will only get me. Johnston's going to try and send over some voice notes for the show so we can cover off our thoughts and feelings on the day of reckoning show and a bit more housekeeping just before the end of the show we wanted to let you guys know that we have officially been nominated by the sports podcast group awards for 2024 for not just one show but two of our shows on our network we have been nominated for the, the btr boxing podcast network main show so all your big fight previews everything that we put on this feed is the first one that's been nominated and the second one for a second year in a row is the darker side of boxing please guys i've posted stuff on there on social media with links to as to where to go to actually vote for our show now it is publicly open to vote for please go to the sports podcast group website and go to the best combat sports category please go to that category and vote for btr boxing podcast and the darker side of boxing we are in there among some big players in the boxing podcast world. We're not going to deny the fact that we are an underdog in this awards ceremony, but we are absolutely, truly humbled by the support we've received from everybody over the years. And I mean, we're talking nearly seven years next year that this show has been going. And every year the show has improved. Every year we brought something new to the table. We've delivered some really niche content for you guys out there and to be finally getting that level of recognition is is fantastic we just need to take it one step further guys by actually winning an award for the show so please go to sports podcast group and the best combat sports category to go and vote for those shows it would be really really appreciated all the links are on the social media posts that I've put out there across all the social media channels, so please go and do it. It'll take you no less than five minutes to go on and vote for it. Please, 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 please go and do it because we need that public support. If we're going to get anywhere near that top three or even winning it, we need that support from every single person that listens to this show. So this is a massive rally cry from ourselves to say, go and do it because this is your opportunity to really, really show the world that independent podcasters like ourselves that have built something from absolutely nothing with no financial support can go out there and produce something that is absolutely fantastic so please go and do it i just want to also say thank you to everybody as always for listening and supporting the show a big shout out to the patrons of the podcast for also supporting us and going the extra mile by becoming a member of patreon.com and you have had access to all of the series-based content early this year. Anything we've released, we've always given it to you early. Any special one-off episodes have been given to you exclusively. And we just want to say thank you very, very much for supporting us. If you can support us in this way and you want to become a patron and get ad-free episodes and early access to the series-based content, 
go to patreon.com forward slash BTR Boxing Podcast and you will see all the membership tiers available. If you're listening on Spotify, leave a comment below. Let us know what you think of the episode. Let us know who you think is going to win the fight, how things are going to go. It would be really, really good to hear from you. If you are listening on any other platform and it has a rating system, please leave us a rating and a review if possible. But that is it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Big Fight Preview, the Day of Reckoning show. I hope you all enjoy the fights and I'll be back next week with a recap as we talk about what potentially will be the fallout from this show. Thanks for listening to the BTR Boxing Podcast Network. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.